want to be a CEO? It's a tough mountain to climb. I'm finding out how to get there and what to do once you make it to the top. I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. There are a few things more damaging than a toxic culture within a a business environment. It undermines productivity, it undermines job satisfaction, and can really damage company growth. And it can be so incredibly hard to change. That's what we're looking at today. I'm joined, as always, by Philip Levinson, CEO, CEO mentor, and author of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond. Lev, g'day. Hello, Michael. Pretty serious one today. Let me start with an example. The AFL this year has been confronted by allegations of bullying within the the code's headquarters, AFL House. Without going into too many of the specifics, the reports were really bad, with a group of women claiming that they left their jobs and were even suicidal over bullying and over harassment that allegedly went on within the building. Now, the AFL is a very big organisation. It's a powerful one, but it's also one that knows the importance of a good culture. Clearly, there's a few problems there within the within the AFL. Putting that to one side, what would you do if you entered a role with a toxic culture? Do you play the team you've got or do you build the team you want? It's a great question. It's a great topic. And I think the first thing that we need to establish is that every person who works in an organization has a right to a safe workplace. And the safe workplace on an industrial site means one thing and in an office means something completely different. And interestingly, it's only over the last decade or so that the safe workplace in the office has become as prominent as the safe workplace on an industrial site. But the traps and pitfalls are so much more invidious in an office. I mean, it's a, it's a look, it's a, it's a comment, it's lack of inclusion. It's so many different factors that make up an unsafe workplace. And also it can be, to be frank, a, a oversensitivity. You know, I gave an example in a podcast of, talking to one person in a group and not another, not because I didn't like the other person or I had any issues with them, but just because I didn't have time or even the, the awareness that that person was waiting and wanting to talk. So that was, was that bullying? Was that a lack of awareness? Was that an unsafe workplace? I would contend that it wasn't, but to other people, they may have considered it to have been inappropriate. So there's probably individual incidents that could come down to almost a matter of perception, but in in some cases it goes a lot further than that, obviously. And and the toxic culture is really, I suppose, one that's been allowed to become so entirely ingrained within a workplace that it's almost impossible to escape. Absolutely, and 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 once that's once that's evidenced. Shame on the leadership and board for not calling it out immediately. You know, we talked in a podcast about making yourself as a board member open to approaches from senior executives or from members of staff. If there's something completely inappropriate going on and the member of staff really feels that you need to know. And if, you know, in the case of the AFL, this, this wasn't unknown to senior leadership and one of the, I think, the tools that one has at one's disposal is the exit interview. Why are you leaving? What happened 
in this organization that made you want to think that you would work at anywhere else? The answer could be, I want more money. I want more prestige. I want... But after a while, I think if you ask the right questions in the right manner, you find that there is a, there's definitely a problem. And at that point, you need to change it. And the first thing, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, but the, the fish smells from the top, from the head. The first thing is hold accountable the board and senior leadership for the culture that they've imbued into the organisation. Can you change that culture without changing the individuals? I think that would be very difficult. I think what you need to do is to is to clean slate the organisation at the senior levels. And I think you need to get people in who are cognizant of the fact that you're coming into a toxic culture with the tools and the courage to be able to take on the toxicity and resolve it because there is no place for a toxic workplace and there is no place for a a workplace where people don't feel safe. Is one bad apple enough to spoil the bunch? Can one person with a bad attitude or it goes further than a, than a bad attitude, but if one person who brings the entirely wrong approach to work, is that enough to derail the productivity of an entire team? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think in my career, I've experienced it and to my shame, I haven't acted on it quickly enough. Right. There is in my book, Three Peaks Leadership, a graph which on one axis is marked ability and on the other is values. Someone with great ability, but very low scoring on values should actually be taken out of the organization. It's a very difficult action to take because the person with the abilities uh, may well be making themselves almost indispensable to the organization. But as a leader, you need to know no one's indispensable. And as a, as a, member of a team you need to know that you're not indispensable and that bad behavior simply won't be won't be tolerated i think you give people a chance but at some point you have to sit them down and say this absolutely isn't working and and you're gone okay so you've entered a role and there is a bad culture a toxic culture within the organization step one is find the problem figure out where it's coming from, whether it's a, a number of, of individuals, whether it's from the top or yeah. whether it's it's everywhere. Step two is remove it if you can't change it. I would go step two is, is make a plan. Right. Because removing it without a plan just creates chaos. Yeah. So make a plan. Okay. So this person's role is to do something very important to the, for the organisation Losing them has the following impacts on our organization. How are we going to, to stem the impact of that by either putting other people in the role or changing the way that the role functions so that it can continue without that person in the role? I can't emphasize enough how dangerous a toxic individual or individuals are to the culture of an organization. And very interestingly, you find that your teams look to you for how you're going to deal with this person or people. The next question for me then is how do you rebuild the culture of an organization? So you just talked then about how you deal with essentially the practicality of somebody exiting and planning for their exit and being able to still 
deliver what needs to be delivered. But it's also going to to send a pretty clear message about the culture that you're trying to build within a uh, within a company. How do you tell people that the old way isn't acceptable, that this is why this person left because they embodied everything that was wrong with the way we used to do things? And how do you then get them to follow you into a new way of operating? Well, you've just answered, you've just given the answer that I would give, which is the first thing you need to do is to make an example. Mm-hmm. This behavior is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to me. It's unacceptable to the organization and uh, an action has been taken. And be aware if you decide to follow that toxic path, your career will end in the same way. The really interesting thing is, and we've talked about it with Tanin Pasha, is the psycho in suits. These are people who are highly skilled at uh, um, manipulation. They're highly skilled at their role and they have the ability to mask their issues for quite some period of time. And finding them is very difficult. But when they start to, to emerge and the, their bad behavior starts to have an impact and you will see it, you need to take rapid action. In my case, I didn't. And the organization suffered as a consequence. And then going back to the, to the point, you have evidenced the fact that bad behavior is not acceptable and you need to reinforce your values and you need to reinforce the culture and you need to walk the talk and get everybody on side. You say like, this is, this is what has happened. This is why it's happened. And these are just to reinforce, these are our values and this is our culture. And now we move on. You referenced your own experience there. So I will just dig into that a little deeper. Why did it get so bad? If you could see that there was a problem, was there an element of, hoping that it it may resolve itself or that you might have been wrong on your first impression or was it just unsure of how to do it without severely impacting the organization i think it's the latter i think you know in my instance this was such an important role that precipitous action would have caused us great distress that having been said when my successor finally took the action that I should have taken, the organization moved forward without an issue. So it's proof of the fact that no one's indispensable. Yeah, that's my next question is the the recovery time afterwards can actually be less than you would expect and the disruption could actually end up being less than the disruption of allowing that person, that influence to remain within the organization. Absolutely. So I had an incident where I had to get rid of someone for their approach and for the toxicity of the culture within their department. And I agonized over it for months. And I assumed that their entire team would leave with them. So I had a plan. And the plan was ready to have the trigger pulled when I pulled the trigger on the the person who had to go. To my, and it was surprise, it was as if nothing had happened. The team just shrugged and moved on. So my perception of their position in and the, the regard that they were held within their team was completely wrong. I hadn't, I hadn't, 
dug deeply enough into it. It might have even been a little bit of relief within yeah. that team that this person was gone. There was. There was. And again, I didn't see that coming. So my exhortation would be if you see bad behavior, excise it, get it out of the organization. Yes, there'll be some, some tough days or weeks. Yes, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to backfill. Yes, you're going to have to action a plan, but it's so much better than dealing daily with that kind of toxicity. When you do walk into that, that role and there is the toxic culture. And look, you may have already been aware of it, particularly if you've been doing your due diligence on the company before taking on that role. There's a fair chance you're going to be aware that there are some, there are some cultural issues within, within the organization. Do you change it immediately and risk looking like someone who is just coming in and making significant wholesale changes and risk losing the support of the people working with you or do you wait to establish yourself after the first 100 days? Look, it's a great question. My advice would be that if there is a toxic culture and you have the ability to walk in and fix it, that's your first fix. And recognising that you don't take precipitous action until the end of the 100th day, that there are certain things that really need to be done real quick. Because if you allow it to continue, then you are putting yourself and your organization at great, in grave harm. And a hundred days later, that impact has increased exponentially. We started the conversation using the AFL as an example. They are, as I mentioned, a very large organization, but this kind of issue is not isolated just to the big companies. It can be anything from a, a corner shop. Right Anywhere you have people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, that's what leadership's all about. It's about recognizing that people are human and we all have our foibles. And, um, you know, there may have been an incident that is uncharacteristic and you take that person aside and say, that was, that was not in accordance with our, our values and cultures. And I'm disappointed in you for evidencing that type of behavior. What's wrong? I've never seen you act like this before. And you, you get to know, hopefully, that this was a one-off incident and it was caused by stress not related to or potentially not related to the workplace. But you need to let both the, the miscreant and your team know that you're watching for it. So really, it's, it's never too late to change it, but it does need need to happen. You can't allow it just to continue to fester. Well, to put it into uh, stark relief, as a, as a CEO or as a leader of a business or an owner of a business, you have a moral and legal obligation to provide you, your employees and teams with a safe workplace. And if you don't, then you are, you are legally and morally liable. So just think about that. Seems like a pretty good place to leave it, Lev. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. That's all we've got time for today. So please make sure that you have hit subscribe or follow on the podcast so the next episode lands in your playlist. While you're online, why not jump onto LinkedIn and follow Philip Levinson as well and join in the conversation. And once again, if you haven't yet bought your copy of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond, grab one today. You can order it anywhere online that sells books. I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael.